Hello and welcome to the Seed of the Jet Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude, Sonny D. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Seems Legit po- uh, Podcast. Sorry, I was going to say the Seems Legit Poker, uh, but the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sunny D. Uh, well, I wouldn't be your favorite poker playing guitarist if I didn't ever talk about poker again. And it has been a while since I've talked about poker. And so I'm thinking over the next little while, uh, what I will be doing is a few episodes just kind of uh, so I'll recap the summer or like my kind of how my summer series or season went, uh, highlights, lowlights, um, you know, just analysis, breakdowns, uh, recapping my play, all of that kind of my experience uh, and how my season shaped up, uh, kind of recap what the entire season looked like overall, uh, so my personal season, but just the entire season as a whole. Um, and kind of we go through that again. I know I did an episode last year talking about that. Uh, but again, thanks to the growing and continued support on the Seems Legit podcast, I feel like something uh, worth talking about again. So do an episode on all of that. Uh, then, you know, probably another episode, uh, maybe previewing some of the fall events that are already uh, on the books as being scheduled, uh, make some kind of announcement breakdowns there, uh, what to look for, uh, just my thoughts on the events or the series that are going on. Last but not least, uh, do an episode uh, talking, and maybe tied into that other one, but we'll see, uh, talking just kind of about the state of poker, some of the things going on in poker, uh, maybe where I see poker and live poker going in the next year or so, uh, but regardless, I mean, not even next year, but the foreseeable future, uh, do some of that, talk about that, talk about the different kind of aspects to the poker world, right, because, you know, there's so much going on. Uh, if you're a casual, if you're just a fan, if you're a player, uh, and whatever level you play at, this kind of understanding those different environments uh, a little bit, you know, kind of talk about the evolution and ongoing uh, growth of those super high roller circuits and series and events, uh, you know, how they, you know, you know, compared to, and even where the high roller, right? So now we're at a stage uh, in poker and uh, on the existence of poker where we have the super high roller series and we also have these regular, normal high roller events um, and how everything's kind of shaping out and how, in a way, by allowing the free market, so to speak, of poker to flourish, how it's created these different levels, uh, what's happening at the different levels, uh, and it's kind of the state of each level and, what, and what's happening there. So it, we'll, we'll talk about all of that in the next uh, coming episodes. So I just wanted to tell you guys that it's not like poker is completely behind me, uh, but I uh, wanted to focus that, and it, it's a lot easier when you get, especially for me, something as passionate as I am about poker, or whether it be kind of that self-help more uh, stuff, uh, hockey stuff, whatever it might be, it's always, I find, a little easier uh, when it's just me on the show uh, to kind of say, you know, do some episodes in a row right now on those various subjects, but regardless, we talk about whatever we want to talk about on the Seems Legit podcast, because otherwise it wouldn't be too legit, uh, but uh, yes, so that's kind of uh, something to look forward to uh, here on the Seems Legit podcast uh, regarding poker and uh, future kind of poker content uh, in the foreseeable future. Uh, I can say right now there's a lot of things to talk about, especially, you know, uh, even just things I've observed summer over summer over summer now, uh, having done the summer season a couple of times, uh, just kind of that evolution, uh, what I've seen, how things changed, uh, just so many things like that. There's a lot uh, to talk about there. It's really exciting stuff. 
And I mean, this year, for instance, I think there's probably a record number of players playing in Vegas uh, in the summertime. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the World Series of Poker. I'm talking across all the various summer series going on. And there's different ones. I've talked about that too. A lot of people... Uh, a lot of you know people that are fans of poker, you know, watch poker on TV. They might play a game once in a while. They played it, you know, casually in the past. Uh, kind of associate the summertime with just the World Series of Poker. But as I've said before, there's so much more to the summer poker season than just the World Series. And uh, just across all various events, I mean, it was there were some packed, packed, packed houses. So it's uh, it's just one of those things. So we'll talk about that. Uh, how my kind of summer is shaped up around that, uh, and even things now. Uh, the Rio. Uh, all uh, all Suite uh, Resort and Casino uh, has been sold by uh, Caesar Entertainment, and I should, maybe I'll do an episode talking about that. But it's been long speculated that that was going to be taking place. However, um, they hadn't come out with anything. I had read places and heard from sources that uh, it was looking as if the deal had already been in uh, place before even the summer poker, and they were going to after the World Series of Poker. That kind of talk going into the summer. Then kind of the summer, that it cooled down a little bit. Uh, Raider Stadium was getting a lot more attention down there. Uh, of course, getting close to uh, the kind of fall and winter uh, sports seasons, so hockey, and then the Raiders, of course, coming down there next year, all of these kind of things. But nonetheless, the Rio hasn't sold. Now, it hasn't sold on Twitter, though, that uh, poker players can expect that the World Series of Poker next year uh, will be held at the Rio, and there's even thought that they can even look forward to even the 2021, uh, the 20, yeah, the 2021 uh, World Series of Poker also even being held at the Rio. So it doesn't look like they're getting a new home just yet. Of course, things can change. Uh, we're still almost, we're still better part of a year away from the next World Series of Poker and the next poker season. Uh, but still exciting, as who knows. Uh, maybe the World Series does come on the track. I can imagine how congested that strip will be with poker players uh, if they brought the World Series of Poker to the strip. However, if you are the strip, man, that's a lot of extra business. I love it. I'm not going to lie. I love it. Between events, you have more options. Uh, you have some better food options and different food options. So just, you know, things to do between events. Um, now, of course, it, it's a double-edged uh, sword because now there's more distractions uh, to think about and to get involved with uh, versus uh, just having poker focus on. You know, all of a sudden you're like, hey, it's happy hour, whatever, let's go for some drinks. But anyway, regardless, uh, it's just it, it's an interesting time uh, in poker. Uh, the sport, no matter what people say, uh, it just it, it keeps on getting bigger. Uh, there's more money in poker probably now than there ever has been. Maybe people stand to correct me on that. But, I mean, when you look at these prize pools, how big they're getting, uh, the guarantees, all of these things, uh, poker's alive and well, and, and live tournament poker. Maybe the cash games aren't. I don't know. I, it's been a long time since I've been playing cash game poker. Uh, better part of a couple of years now, actually, since before I was uh, together with Jeff. Uh, but, uh, regardless, we've got... Uh, the, the tournament scene is alive and kicking, so... Don't you worry about that. Uh, and, I, and I've always said live tournament poker isn't going to go anywhere um, because there's a few inherent advantages to all players about playing live tournament poker. It's a different structure than cash games where, I mean, cash games, yes, skill does take over. And there's, there are the skill elements of tournament poker, don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying there is the dynamics and the, the skills necessary and the variance in tournament poker in the law, you know, does have a certain appeal to the casual fan. I mean, that could be a big part of its survival, but, uh, or it's thriving rather than survival, thriving, uh, could be the case. But nonetheless, uh, a lot there to kind of preview what we're going to be talking about. But, uh, I'm still banged up, still injured, still recovering. Uh, I was just talking uh, to Nick earlier today. He played, uh, in the ball hockey tournament with me on Sunday as well. And he's, uh, he's all sore and, uh, stuff too. And it's just, it's amazing 
that idea of game shape. I talked about that a uh, number of times on the podcast, and especially when I look uh, talk about can we ourselves train, um, exercise, want to get ourselves in shape. And uh, when it comes to athletes, when I talk about like off season and free agency, I'm seeing players not get those reps in during the preseason, during training camp. It is hard to find that timing, that pace, everything. As we saw even last year uh, with William Nylander in Toronto, when he held out to get the big payday and he got the big payday, but some argue at what cost. I mean, this season is going to be the truer measure of his value. And it's amazing that I mean, both him and the organization were essentially willing to write off a year uh, in getting a deal done. But credit to the Maple Leafs. They have essentially kept that core group of forwards together. Uh, so we'll see now moving forward uh, how that shapes out for them. And I mean, looking across like all the big name restricted free agents, they've all signed. So now they're going to get into that early season. So they get that chance to kind of get into that early season, get into game shape, opportunity that I've always said is so incredibly valuable. And I stand by that. It is very valuable. And I was a a prime example. Nick and I were both prime examples of that uh, over the weekend uh, when doing this ball hockey tournament in that for me, it's been at least probably a decade, if not over a decade or about right about a decade since I was playing ball hockey, uh, at any level, and especially back then, I was playing fairly competitively. Um, that you know, you still have the, you know quite a bit of the muscle memory and all of that, but it's that getting into game shape. And I was uh, talking to Jess about this and saying how those first shifts are the hardest shift, where the hardest shifts for me, uh, not because anybody was faster than me or running faster and I couldn't keep up. Uh, it wasn't that I wasn't in physical shape. It was my game shape was so off that I came off and was just so incredibly gassed. But it was amazing how by the next few games, uh, and despite being all bruised up, battered, and just physically worn down, I was able, uh, in a way, to actually get through the games a little better by finding that pacing and finding that conditioning uh, that was necessary to uh, compete. So it's just, that's a very interesting thing. and, And I mean, it's nice to kind of have it proven to yourself and to see and have other people see it as well. Uh, you know, and I'm not just talking out of my butt. Uh, but yes, game shape is very, very important. And in a lot of athletic endeavors, it's very hard to truly simulate game shape, especially kind of team sports. I know in individual endeavors, you know, whether it be like track and field uh, or, you know, combat, especially, you know, you get those sparring sessions in all of that to try and get you into those rhythms of that endeavor. So you're as close to it when it comes time to compete, right? And, you know, they always say the hardest part is in the gym. You know, you train hard in the gym, so the fight's easier. That part I get, you know, track and field, you, you know, you just run, you touch up, all of that. Uh, but with team sports, it's a little harder to replicate those dynamics of game speed. And that's why getting, and having those reps and having that ability and, while I think both Nick and I are incredibly sore from this, in terms of now moving forward and playing uh, more ball hockey, it's, uh, it's nice to kind of have that uh, new almost baseline for the shape uh, we want to be in or need to be in uh, to compete uh, in this winter season and being thrust. Uh, kind of into uh, a stress situation like that was very, with, with 
in a way, I'm very grateful for it because I got to see uh, just the pacing and the level I need to get myself down. I can focus my training on that. I've gotten myself now to a point where I'm in shape enough that now I can actually train specific kind of training and push. And that's what I had said I wanted to do getting into the fall this year uh, was to be able to kind of, when you look at seasons of your life and endeavors, be in that position to compete, you know, feel like competition is possible again. So I'm happy with the work I put in and now I just know where I need to go over this, these next couple of weeks here before the season starts to really take it to that next level and be able to do what I want to and need to do out there. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I read an article today even uh, in my news feed there on my iPhone about, you know, how important it is to uh, do your cardio. And I mean, there's a lot of schools of thought on that and a lot of information out there, uh, whether it be on Instagram or whatever, YouTube or whatever form of social media, and even just on the internet uh, about, you know, how to get in shape, how to lose fat, how to burn fat. And there is a balance. I can tell you that uh, personally, um, and every person is kind of different, but there is a balance when it comes to truly getting into shape uh, and conditioning, whether it be, um, you know, strength, uh, your endurance or your muscular endurance or your cardiovascular endurance, there is a, a balance between the weight and strength training versus uh, the cardio. You can't really neglect one for the other. And that's a big uh, difference and, just, and, and thing to keep in mind when it comes to your training and to try and gear your training towards that, right? Uh, and, and that's why, and, and, and by doing that, you put yourself in positions to compete in sports and, and whatnot. And that's why, for instance, as you get in those teenage years, right, you start going to the gym and you have practice and you have games and you have training, you know, training camps during the summer and your training camp before the and you have tryouts, right? You have all these things. You're like, man, this is a lot. Now going back in hindsight, like this is why you do it. And this is why if you can instill those good habits, and it's like anything, uh, routine and process, if you can have those routines and that process ingrained, uh, it just becomes kind of a way of, of life and, and, and getting through each day. And I find that's very important. So now it's uh, when I go to the gym, for instance, very focused, right? Because I know for, I can get up in the morning, do certain strength training exercises at home that are both kind of the endurance and just the physical strength aspect of it, get those exercises done, <clears throat> do what I need to do in the morning, um, you know, see just off, do whatever I need to do then uh, proceed, get to the gym, maximize my gym time by doing the exercises that are, are best suited to me there, and kind of get through the rest of my day accordingly, do my kind of at-home evening exercises. All of those kind of things become part of the process. And now, kind of being more in shape, I kind of know where I can go with each of those kind of workouts throughout the day and what I need to achieve out of those workouts and what I can get kind of expect out of myself and want to get out of myself for those workouts. Um, and so kind of tomorrow is going to be my first day getting back into that, uh, taking a couple of days off, you know, just some light workouts here and there, uh, but mainly recovery uh, from the weekend because, as I said, I'm sore, I'm stiff. Uh, my feet are all taped up. I'll post uh, pictures of it on that on Instagram. That's a dude, Sunny D, uh, later. Now, of course, my bandages are all covered up in lint right now. Uh, but uh, regardless, yes, uh, these, uh, my blisters are just absolutely insane. So I've had to have those bandaged and taped up just to be able to walk around and get by. 
uh, sleeping with them all bandaged up. So, yes, I felt uh, I pushed myself enough to that I deserved a couple of days to recoup. So uh, doing that, uh, focusing, getting some other work done. Uh, yesterday was kind of a feel bad for myself day uh, as I sat in pain, but uh, still, you know, we have those process of being productive, right? So it's focusing on other tasks, got a pie, you know, getting the podcast done, uh, focusing on my other income streams, getting all those things uh, all sorted out and lined up. Uh, so, you know, you can always find something to do, uh, train just one aspect of the grand scheme of it. But I mean, even yesterday, the idea of standing up to cook, my mom was very kind. Uh, she had uh, done, uh, done me some soup uh, for dinner to help with my recouping process. So nonetheless, that was very kind of her, and I'm very appreciative of that. But yes, it was, uh, it was very painful recovery. It still is very stiff. So that's why uh, the kind of workouts I'm doing right now are all about movement and just getting some, you know, the blood flow back, movement back, kind of trying to unstiffen a little bit. Uh, but it is tough. It is hard. Because uh, your body does hurt, and you do need the recovery. And uh, one of the underlying things about training and getting in shape and, and getting, you know, better endurance and all of these things is recovery. Recovery is a very important aspect. So, you know, I'm at points now when I can gear kind of my week's worth of workouts to get certain results out of it. So it's, it's nice to finally be at that state of um, shape or fitness level uh, again, it's been years since I've been this. And, and in all honesty, probably overall, you know, age for age, uh, strength, all of these things, probably on the brink of being in the best kind of overall shape I've ever been in as of right now. Uh, again, when I was younger, you know, you, you just naturally have a little more endurance, a little faster, all those things. But uh, you know, even when I was playing, when I was going into the ball hockey tournament, I told Jess that I've never been as physically strong and my much been as good and my kind of in strength endurance been as good as it is right now. And that was one thing I did feel uh, playing in that tournament is uh, just how strong I felt out there playing. Uh, so that was nice to be able to have that. And again, that's a credit to hard work. It's it, It's not just all of a sudden, you know, boom, these things happen, it's been, you know, the better part of a year worth of, you know, significant lifestyle changes, uh, you know, and putting in that work in the gym, you know, last fall I'd started, uh, you know, really focusing, doing my at-home workouts, changing my diet, cutting, you know, cutting out certain foods, um, then, you know, it kind of lapsed a bit in January, but then again, end of January, it was New Year, I felt, you know what, all right, we really got to make a push here. Oh, and before that, of course, getting into skating, that was, uh, you know, going skating quite regularly, you know, getting the gym membership, putting in those hard, uh, those hard minutes at the gym so that, yeah, you know, you can do these things. And I, as I said, I'm at a point now when I can really feel like, all right, I can go to the gym. If I'm doing just a weight workout. This is what I can get out of my weight workout today. If I'm doing cardio. This is what I can get out of it. You know, those kind of things. And I, and I really... Uh, you know, I noticed the difference now looking at my physique, how I feel, how I sleep, how I'm thinking, just everything. And, uh, you know, so you do notice it. So I encourage all of you, if you are trying to make those kind of changes in your life, uh, it is worth it and it is a process. But boy, you know, it's, time does fly. And it seems just like yesterday, I was out of shape, out of breath. 
you know, going into the fall, dreading it, being told, hey, you got being told by the doctor, you got to lose some weight, you got to make changes, right? And it's where do you start? And now I look back and I'm like, did I make that major? Whatever it was, but fuck, it's, it's night and day difference. Night and day difference. Uh, so it is worth it. Sorry, just grabbing some water there. Uh, but yes, it is worth it. And just find somewhere to start. And, and you know, whether it's, you know, with diet or with exercise, whichever is that starting point for you, find it and just build, right? And uh, in talking to uh, Walter Elizabeth, that we all famously know from Whiskey Wednesdays, a uh, good friend uh, of mine, uh, as, we, as they kind of said, even on their own workout journey, and they're older, and uh, so their journey is going to be a little different than mine, is that they said the important thing for them is not taking steps backwards. It's always in a forward motion. And that is so important, uh, especially when it comes to physical training and fitness training and just kind of getting yourself, you know, your health and your fitness um, in order. That is a very important lesson I have found uh, in myself and, you know, when I, when I talk to others is that, that the underlying principle there is just don't fall behind, you know, or not fall behind, but don't take steps back. You always want to be moving in a forward motion, right? So, and the, the easiest example there that I can think of is, for instance, you know, don't keep doing the same exact exercises every workout, you know, change it up, you know, focus on, you know, maybe do some different exercise to challenge that those same overall muscle groups, those kind of cardio is a big one, right? There's only so much you can run on the treadmill or so many minutes you can spend on the Stairmaster or whatever it might be. So change it up, you know, maybe one week it's running on the treadmill, another week it's Stairmaster, you know, it's hand bike or it's rowing machine, whatever it might be that you need to do uh, to keep yourself motivated, um, but keep pushing and moving forward and building forward. And I found for me even the importance there was, you know, establishing baselines. I hadn't jogged in years. And then this summer, I was like, you know what? I was down in Vegas and I thought, you know what? Let me just, I haven't really been doing much cardio. So one day I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just start running. And I had a 15 minute jog and I know it might not sound like much, um, but I, I stopped at 15 because my feet were getting sore. I hadn't ran in forever. So you got to build up those calluses there to uh, prevent the blisters. And I felt, all right, let's just start here. And, but at the end of that 15, I was like, yeah, I could keep going. So the next day I did 20 and then it was 20 for a week. And then it, uh, it quickly grew to being 30 minutes a day. And by the, when I came back from Vegas and that was one, or in July, that was one of the big parts of my workout that was very important for me to continue my half an hour. And I mean, there were some days I was running 50 minutes on the treadmill, 40 minutes on the treadmill, whatever it might be. So getting into those habits, being able to push. And I know from my sore feet and these uh, mighty, mighty angry blisters, uh, getting back into the actual jogging again is going to be very important. I lagged on that last month. I had uh, tweaked my knee a few weeks ago, I guess, running. And so I went back to Stairmaster. So now i got to really incorporate both again, building up my feet as we get uh, looking forward here. As I said, to, if you want to compete in sports, you have to be ready to compete in sports and excel. Uh, so that, that's very important. And the last thing there uh, is, again, um, you know, don't let, for instance, you know, if you have a smart watch or whatever it might be, dictate whether it was a productive day or not. You knew you got the activity in, right? So that's, to me, the more important thing is seeing, hey, you know what? I did get in my reps today. I did get in, you know, all of that. So 
you know, I need, uh, you know, so if, if it doesn't show that I burnt 1700 calories, whatever it might be, fine. I know I still got in what I need to get in. And that's very important as well is don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged by seeing numbers on the scale. Uh, you know, as a matter of, you know, it, it's probably one of the least accurate ways in a way because you're going to fluctuate as you build muscle, you burn fat, the weight kind of fluctuates, the number goes up, it goes down, it goes in a million different directions. All of these things are very, very important to remember to not let you uh, get discouraged, right? Uh, so that's a very important thing for me. I know moving forward right now, a big thing I want to focus on or I need to focus on is kind of my flexibility and as I, uh, kind of for lack of a better term, refer to it, my flexibility athleticism, uh, which was one of my things when I was younger, that was a big part to my success as a goaltender, was uh, how kind of agile I was and my athleticism for the position. Uh, so getting kind of back into that, so I've been doing a lot, a lot of flexibility exercises, groin, hip, strengthening, flexibility, uh, endurance, all of those kind of things uh, getting back. And as a matter of fact, that was kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about on today's episode uh, was, um, should I have played in net this past weekend? Uh, I had originally signed up to play in net. Uh, you know, I've been doing my conditioning for two get and ready for net. And then uh, I got an email about a week out and they said, you know, are you going to be still net? I said, yeah, or whichever you need me to do. They put me as a player. And in hindsight, I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should have actually played in net uh, and see how that felt. Uh, I think it would, I mean, I would have ended up in, uh, you know, maybe different physical pains. Um, I think there would have still been some soreness and stiffness, all of that. And who knows, I might have still had the blisters. But uh, regardless, it is uh, what it is and it gets you. But looking back on it in a hypothetical world, I don't know. It is one of those things where playing that would have probably been... Um, you know, more desirable. That 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 is how I, you know, my claim to fame, so to speak, is uh, playing in net. So maybe that is something I do have the equipment. That is something, as I've said, my journey back into sports was all about goaltending, right? So it's kind of weird that I didn't do that there. But as I had said, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. I was brand new to this league. Uh, so you know, if it was if there's regulars that were uh, more accustomed to playing that or wanted to play in net. You know what? I don't. I didn't want to put anybody out. So, you know, you, sometimes like you make some sacrifice. But I do look forward to that and having the opportunity to play uh, more in net, especially in ball hockey. Uh, so that's a big thing. And who knows? Maybe there's a spot for me on the national team or provincial team. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but it gives you something to kind of train for. And setting some of these goals, why they seem a little ridiculous. You know, here's this guy in his early 30s wanting to, you know, play compet. You know, the highest level of competitive ball hockey. Yeah. Why the fuck not? You know, and so it's getting into shape for that. So that's kind of one of my training focuses right now is getting into that level of shape that I would think it would take me to be able to compete at that level, uh, working on those skill sets. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll post, I'll be posting some videos and pictures of me doing my uh, goalie training uh, on Instagram. So make sure to check that out at the dude Sunny D. <coughs> and uh, last but not least, of course, uh, I think we can leave it off there. So I want to thank you all so much uh, for tuning into this episode of the Seeds Legit Podcast. Again, uh, I really appreciate the continued and growing support here on the Seeds Legit Podcast. Uh, really means the world to me. Thank you all so very much. Uh, if you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the Dude Sunny D. Anyway, we'll leave it there. 
Uh, as I said, a lot of uh, new and interesting and hopefully exciting uh, poker content. Uh, I think it's exciting, but uh, more poker content in the upcoming episodes. Uh, kind of uh, give uh, talk about that for a while. It's been a while since I have done uh, some poker-centric uh, podcasts. So doing that, uh, I've got a whole bunch of episodes, a backlog of episodes that I need to uh, get out there. Uh, some whiskey Wednesdays, things like that. So we'll get all of that out there. But anyway, I thank you so much for tuning in this episode of the Super Jip Podcast. Follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the Dude Sunny D. Uh, take care and bye bye for now.